Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 57 of 211's Baseball Talk. My name is Dylan Baker, and guess what? Baseball's back. It starts tonight. It's opening night in the MLB. The New York Yankees face off against the Washington Nationals in Washington. Then the Giants face the Dodgers. It's going to be a great night of baseball. We strongly recommend you tune in if you've got no plans for the evening. In Canada, those games can be watched on TSN4. In the U.S., on ESPN. Should be a great night of baseball tonight. And then tomorrow, everybody else gets underway. Baseball is back. I am super excited, and I've got every reason to be. Is It's been a long time since we've seen our great sport played on TV. Competitively, that is, as the last game that mattered was uh, Game 7 of the World Series last year. Uh, so we're very excited for the regular season to get underway. Again, even though it is a 60-game shortened season, which is disappointing for sure, because obviously you'd love to have a full 162-game season. just wasn't possible this year, but um, we're excited to watch baseball again on our screens. In this episode of 211's Baseball Talk, we will make predictions for the 2020 season. We're also going to talk about the Blue Jays' 30-man roster and, uh, and what went down there. We will also discuss the fact the Blue Jays have no home, uh, as of right now, that is, because the team... Uh, was denied approval to play in play their home games in Toronto because the Canadian government didn't want to have players crossing the border so frequently. And of course, the coronavirus has yet to be flattened. The curve has yet to be flattened in the U.S. And uh, the Canadian government didn't want to take any chances. Understandable, disappointing, but understandable. Probably the right decision made there by the Canadian government. And then the Blue Jays were expected to play in Pittsburgh but the Pennsylvania government, their Pennsylvania Health Department, uh, rejected the plan to have the Blue Jays play at PNC Park, which means the team is going to be homeless. We're going to explore two potential scenarios for the Blue Jays uh, for all their home games this season. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Getting things started, let's talk about baseball being back. It's been a long time since we've seen uh, baseball on TV, and tonight the Yankees and the Nationals Face off in what should be a great game. It, uh, it's expected to be Garrett Cole against Max Scherzer, if I'm not mistaken. I will have to confirm that here uh, very quickly. But it's going to be an awesome game, no matter what the matchup is. It's Cole against Scherzer, as expected. And then Cueto against Kershaw later tonight for Giants-Dodgers. Uh, two, well, one rivalry between the Giants and the Dodgers and what should be an awesome matchup between two great teams in the Yankees and the Nationals. Now, I don't expect the Washington Nationals to be as good as they were last season. Obviously, they made it to the wild card and won the World Series, but uh, I don't expect the, the Nationals to have the same success without Anthony Rendon. He was a key piece of that team. Yes, the pitching staff is still formidable and is nothing to sneeze at. I feel uh, as though they're they're lacking a little bit on the offensive side. Does Victor Robles take the next step this year? That's when we could see some changes in my in my uh, mentality. If, if Robles is able to uh, up the offensive production a little bit more, the Nationals could have some great success. But uh, Juan Soto is going to continue being a stud. I think the Nationals are going to make the playoffs. I don't see them having... Uh, as much success in the playoffs as they did last year without Anthony Rendon, who, of course, is with the LA Angels. The Giants and the Dodgers tonight. The Giants are a team that I don't really know what to expect uh, from them. Buster Posey, of course, pulled out of the season, which leaves uh, a vacancy in that catching position likely to be filled. I don't know if he's on the 30-man roster because of service time, but likely to be filled by Joey Bart in the future. He's expected to be the the next big thing for the Giants, as uh, he's not on their on their 30-man opening day roster, but I don't think it'll be too long before we see Joey Bart in the big leagues. Rob Brantley and Tyler Heineman 
are on that uh, opening day roster for the Giants. Um, I don't think either of them has a has a lasting impact in San Francisco. I, I think Joey Bart is going to be the guy very soon. Um, the National or the pardon me, the Giants. I don't expect them to 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 do too too much this season. Um, I think the Dodgers are going to be a great team. Of course, the addition of Mookie Betts this offseason uh, from the uh, Boston Red Sox. They extended him yesterday on a 12-year, $365 million deal. Betts, the second biggest contract in MLB history, only behind Mike Trout, and rightfully so. Betts, I would say, when he's at the top of his game, is probably the second best player in baseball, behind Mike Trout, of course. So uh, deserves that contract. Good for Mookie. And I'm very glad he's not returning to the AL East anytime soon. Means the Jays will have to play him a little bit less. Uh, of course, he had great success against the Blue Jays. And um, we're, we're happy for him. And we we expect the Dodgers to to make a run for things in the playoffs and to to dominate the American or the National League West. In case you hadn't heard, of course, you only play the uh, the divisional equivalent of your or of your division in the in the other league. Uh, you you would play the American League East plays the American League East, and the National League East. Same for the Central with the NL Central, the West the. Uh, NL West, so those, the West plays the West, East, East, Central, Central. That's what's going to happen this year to limit travel, and so the Blue Jays don't have a very easy schedule. Uh, They've got the Baltimore Orioles and the Miami Marlins, who should be pretty easy, but uh, they do have to face the Red Sox, who could contend. They played them for two exhibition games, looked good uh, later on in the first exhibition game, and of course they looked good to start off. The, the second one was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. crushing a bomb over the Green Monster in that uh, in that second game in Boston, but it was rained out. They've got to face the Yankees, who are the World Series favorites for most, uh, most analysts, and the Rays, who are going to have another good team this year. Uh, they also have to face the, the Braves, Mets, Phillies, and Nationals. Four teams that are going to, to, to try and win that division. Four teams going for three spots, really, the division winner and the two wild cards. I don't think there's a way that the uh, that one of the wild card teams comes out of a different division unless the San Diego Padres or the uh, Cincinnati Reds actually make a run for things this year a little bit earlier than than expected. Um, those are the only two teams I could see passing one of the National League East juggernauts, but I think it's going to be quite the uh, quite quite the matchup between all these uh, NL, NL East teams, and I'm very interested to see how things end up. The Blue Jays, as mentioned, we, they don't have a very easy schedule. It's going to be tough for them to uh, to come out there and face these these uh, very good squads. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how this young team fares. A lot of inexperienced guys on this Blue Jays roster. Uh, a lot of young, young players and guys that are entering their second big league seasons, their their first big league seasons, or uh, or or they're they're sort of becoming veterans. And now Hyunjin Ryu, of course, uh, starting pitcher signed in the offseason by the Blue Jays. is a great veteran add to that staff. They've got some good veterans uh, on the, in, in the rotation, on the pitching staff in general. So that's really good to see. And uh, continuing with our Blue Jays coverage, we will go into the fact they have no home this year as of right now. Of course, the Blue Jays had their summer camp in Toronto, uh, but because of the border crossing, they elected the blue. The Canadian government elected not to allow the Blue Jays to play in uh, in Toronto, play their games in Toronto, because they didn't want teams and players crossing the border so frequently. Where do the Jays play now? Well, for a while, we thought it would be Pittsburgh that they would play, uh, but the Pennsylvania Department of Health said no to that, which was disappointing, I'm sure, for the Blue Jays front office, but. Uh, 
you know what, the, the Jays do need a home. Another option, so I, I, taught, I talked about it earlier, we're going to explore two scenarios for the Blue Jays. And uh, the first scenario is that they play in Baltimore and Washington, which is something that could be done uh, quite easily, actually, um, when, the, when, the, when the Jays have a home game and the Orioles aren't, uh, aren't in town. They can play in Baltimore and, and so on. But the, the issue with that is going to be when the Nationals and the Orioles are both in their respective ballparks at the same time and the Jays have a home game. I'm not sure if there are any conflicts there. I can't uh, I don't. I don't remember whether there are any conflicts between the three teams being at home. That's something that has been explored by 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 the Blue Jays, and it would be it would be something uh, to see that happen. The Jays would play in two parks, of course. Uh, they would play at uh, Oriole Park, Camden Yards, and Nationals Park, which is not ideal. And I know that these players they 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 want to play at a big league park. It would be so much easier if they didn't need that big league requirement. I understand that the amenities at a big league park are so much better than the ones that you would find uh, in a minor league park, but obviously it, it's looking more and more unlikely the Jays will find a park to play in. Washington and Baltimore, I'd say right now, is the best option for uh, for the Blue Jays, the most likely option if they were to find a stadium to play at or permanently for this, or well, at least for this season. Um I also believe that uh, the the other the other option for the team would be to play all of their home games in the other team's ballpark. So, for example, when they are playing the Yankees at home, uh, they would play the Yankees in New York as the home team. And then when they were uh, against the Yankees on the road, they would be the road team, obviously. And they would just play all their home games in road ballparks, which is something that I guess could be done. Um, it. Uh, it doesn't provide great home field advantage, so to speak, for the Blue Jays. But with no fans, uh, you can kind of you can kind of expect that that uh, there isn't as much of a home field advantage as uh, as, as there normally would be. Um, but of course, you know the ballpark better. You know you know where to go to find things, and uh, if if you're playing in Toronto, but. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna have to to adapt quickly, and it's quite disappointing to see the way the the Major League Baseball has handled this situation. Because yesterday they were talking about expanding the playoffs, while one of their teams didn't have a place to play, which is ridiculous because they should have been looking and helping the Blue Jays uh, to find a, a ballpark to play in. Um, right now, I, I don't even know where the Jays are gonna play uh, their their home opener against the the Washington Nationals next week. There's a chance that they play those games in Washington. It's been a mess. It's been brutally mishandled by Major League Baseball um, and and the Blue Jays a little bit too. I know that uh, they should be looking for a place to play, um, but you know what? I, it's, 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 it's crazy to me that there has been no advancement in this Blue Jays scenario and that we still don't know where they're going to play. Uh, literally, what is it, a week before their home opener? Less than that, six days before the home opener for the Blue Jays. Of course, they were supposed to play two in Washington and then come to Toronto to play two against the Nationals. But uh, that's most likely not going to happen. And we could see the uh, we could see the Blue Jays staying in Washington to play those two games at home. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Of course, uh, we're we're waiting patiently to find out where the Jays are going to play. But at this point, we just don't know. And uh, Keep your eyes peeled on social media for some some new scenarios. Although we thought the Jays were going to play in Pittsburgh, and that was uh, that was rejected by the Pennsylvania Department of Health, which 
was disappointing. But again, understandable. Now, my question is, the, the plan for the Blue Jays must have been so very different from that of the Phillies for them to actually uh, say no to this because the Phillies are playing the same teams. They're going into Florida, which is a hot spot for, for the virus. So the Phillies have to play the Marlins. The Phillies have to play the Rays. But the Jays weren't allowed to go play in Pittsburgh, which means there must have been something in the plan that the, the Pennsylvania Department of Health did not like and that was very different from that from the plan of the Phillies. So that's uh, that's likely what happened there uh, to to stop the, the Blue Jays from playing at PNC Park. And man, I would have loved to watch the Jays play at PNC Park. It is gorgeous. It is probably the most underrated park in baseball. It is beautiful, I would say. It's probably the nicest looking park in Major League Baseball. And I know that there are some people who are going to say Wrigley. Wrigley is gorgeous in my top five. Fenway, historic, apparently not great on the inside, but on the field, historic, looks beautiful. That's in my top five. Yankee Stadium, a beautiful park. I've been to Wrigley and Yankee Stadium, and uh, they're both gorgeous. Um, but PNC Park, from, from the looks of it, I haven't actually been there just looks gorgeous. And you look out on the Roberto Clemente Bridge. It's just an awesome view, an awesome park. I wish the Jays could have played there. Um, there was some fun little banter going on on social media between residents of Pittsburgh and Toronto and Blue Jays fans. Um, it was. It would have been great to see the Jays play in, in Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. And of course, Ben Sherrington, their new general manager, was with the Blue Jays for a while. Um, and that's, that's part of the reason why that was an option for the team. Um, Moving on to the Blue Jays' 30-man roster. Their opening day roster has been unveiled. It's time for baseball tomorrow. That is, the Blue Jays travel down to Tampa Bay. We'll go over the roster here, and then we'll talk about some storylines. So infielders, Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, Santiago Espinal, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Joe Panic, Travis Shaw, Rowdy Telez. Outfielders, Anthony Alford, Derek Fisher, Randall Gritchick, Lourdes Goriel Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, and Billy McKinney. Catchers, Denny Jansen and Reese McGuire. Pitchers are Anthony Bass, A.J. Cole, Rafael Dolis, Sam Gavilio, Ken Giles, Thomas Hatch, Anthony Cabe, Ryan Moran, Tanner Roark, Jordan Romano, Hyunjin Ryu, Matt Shoemaker, Trent Thornton, Jacob Wagaspak, and Shun Yamaguchi. So that is the Blue Jays' 30-man. They've got a three-man taxi squad of Ryan Baraki, Nate Pearson, and Caleb Joseph. So two pitchers and a catcher on the taxi squad for the Blue Jays. Now let's talk about the infielders, Bo Bichette, Bichette, Biggio, Espinal, Guerrero, Panic, Shaw, and Telez. Not all that surprising to see this group make it out of the uh, the infielders pack. The question is going to be when the roster does get trimmed down. Obviously, we're going to see some of the some of the outfielders go to uh, go to the the backup player pool, whether that's in Buffalo, wherever it may be. Um, are there any infielders that are going to that are going to leave? More than likely, we see Santiago Espinal leave the team unless he gets off to a hot start and Joe Panic does not. Uh, but we'll have to see. Espinal to me is more valuable than Joe Panic because Espinal can play all over the infield and he can play in the outfield as well. He played some outfield with Buffalo last season, so I'd absolutely love to see Espinal stay with the Blue Jays. Of course, he's a younger guy. Uh, I'd love to 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 watch him get an opportunity. The Jays are likely going to keep Joe Panic up with the team. Um, of course, they signed him this offseason. He's a former gold glover. Uh, the question is, will the bat play? Uh, in the past, it has not. I feel like Espinal's got a better bat, better potential with the bat than Panic does. The question is, are they going to give him a little bit more time to season in the player pool? Um, 
Travis Shaw, Rowdy Telez, Shaw obviously going to be the third baseman for the Blue Jays. Um, previously thought he would be the first baseman, but Guerrero moves over there, which I think is what was going to happen eventually. A little bit early for me. Uh, didn't expect it to happen this soon, but uh, it was it was going to happen eventually, and I, I'm not that surprised that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will find himself playing first base this season most of the time. Rowdy Telez, I think, needs to stay up with the big league club. Uh, he's got a great bat if he can figure things out, which it seemed like he did in spring training and then uh, and then in summer camp. It seems like he's got a new approach at the plate. I don't see how you can keep Rowdy Telez off of this team. I would love to see Rowdy stay up as the DH for the Blue Jays, maybe platoon that DH spot with Teoscar Hernandez, perhaps. Um, Rowdy Telez needs to stay up with the big league club, if you ask me. Obviously, no no doubt that the, the starting infield for the Blue Jays is going to be Shaw at third, Bichette at short, Biggio at second. Guerrero at first, that's what was expected. Those four guys, uh, obviously Guerrero was expected to be a third shot at first in, in spring training, but but uh, that has changed. So no surprise who the starters are going to be, but Telez, Panic, Espinal, three guys on the bench that are infielders. Rowdy can play first base exclusively, um, and he can DH. I'd love to see Rowdy Telez stay with this team. I feel like one of Santiago Espinal and Joe Panic are going to have to go when the roster gets trimmed down. Now, I'm not 100% on this, uh, but I believe the roster gets trimmed down to 28 before it goes down to 26, so that uh, that we could see Santiago Espinal stick around for the 28-man uh, roster. But uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and find out. Um, outfielders now: Alfred Fisher, Grichik, Guriel, Hernandez, and McKinney. So Alfred and Fisher. Let's start with them. They're the first two on that list because they are the first two in alphabetical order. Um, Alfred and Fisher, they are both out of options. Both have yet to prove it with the bat at the big league level. Um, inconsistent with the glove is Derek Fisher. Alfred is better, but he doesn't get much playing time when he's been with the team. Didn't even get a September call-up last year. It's been a little disappointing to see Anthony Alfred's progression. Of course, he's been in the Blue Jays' top 30 prospects for years and years and years, and we've yet to see a big impact, um, from those two guys Fisher, of course, had that awesome game, uh, awesome exhibition game on Tuesday night against the Boston Red Sox. And if he's able to keep that up at the bat, he's going to stay with the team. Of course, he was a first-round pick in 2014 of the Houston Astros. Um, And I was reading something the other day. The Blue Jays want to be the team that has Derek Fisher if he's able to figure figure it out with the bat because he's a fast guy. He's okay uh, defensively. But uh, if he can figure it out with the bat, Derek Fisher is going to be a, a top outfielder in the big leagues. And it's going to it's gonna take a little bit, I think, for Derek. I don't know how much of an improvement we see from him this year. Obviously, it would be great to see him make a, make a big impact on the team. But I don't think that happens quite yet. It's going to be a storyline who is going to get sent down and put, placed on waivers. Because Albert and Fisher, both out of options, as we mentioned, it, it's going to depend on who gets, uh, uh, who gets after a better start this season. And quite honestly, I could see Alfred being the guy that's the uh, odd man out because I think the Jays will love to would love to give a chance to Fisher um, over Alfred. Pardon me, uh, but we'll have to find out uh, what happens there. Randall Grichik, the starting center fielder. Lourdes Goriel, the starting left fielder. Teoscar Hernandez likely to be the starting right fielder. Billy McKinney also there. Uh, McKinney impressed when he came over for Jay Happ in 2018. I was impressed by what I saw from Billy McKinney. Uh, a little bit disappointing last season, but uh, what are you going to do there? Um, I could also see McKinney getting sent out if they want to keep Fisher and Alfred up. I doubt that we see that happen, but uh, you never know. Um, 
And so Billy McKinney, if he can find it with the bat, he'll be a good player. I don't think he's anything more than depth in the future for this team. Uh, maybe a starter on a, on a team going through a rebuild in the future. But um, you know what? Billy McKinney, I think he's got to prove himself this year or else he's going to be gone. And uh, he's a guy with good potential. But we haven't really seen that from him yet. Teoscar Hernandez in right field. Um, I, I don't love it because Teoscar is not good defensively, but at least he doesn't have to play the monster in, in, in Boston where the Jays travel there, although he does still have to play uh, with that crazy right field. Um, I don't think he's he's a future outfielder. I think he's a DH unless he can figure it out in the outfield. He's not been very impressive um, in the outfield for the Blue Jays. Ideally, he, he platoons the DH spot with Raddy Telez, but uh, who knows what happens there. Catchers, Danny Jansen, Reese McGuire, there aren't storylines to go over here. Uh, that was what was expected. Jansen expected to get 60-40 playing time at least. He's the better catcher defensively, and if he can figure things out with the bat, he's going to be one uh, one amazing player to watch because in his first year when he started out with, uh, with the Blue Jays, when he got called up, his bat was great, and he was good defensively. Last season, great defensively, a gold glove finalist. Um... And, and but the but the, the issue was that the bat was not there. Um, so so if, if Danny can find the bat, he's gonna he's gonna be a successful success, successful player for the Blue Jays. Uh, Reese McGuire, of course, is gonna be his backup this year. Reese could potentially have a better arm than Danny Jansen, still to be seen. But uh, uh, no surprise that Danny and Reese are the catchers. Now pitchers, let's go over the rotation, which we don't know quite yet. Hyunjin Ryu, we know, is going to be the starter on opening day for the Blue Jays against the Tampa Bay Rays. We knew that the moment he signed back in December. Matt Shoemaker will be the number two, as expected. He had a great start with the Blue Jays last season, um, and we kind of expected that he would be the number two guy for the team this year. So Shoemaker gets the number two spot in the rotation. The three spot is where it gets a little bit complicated. Now, Tanner Roark was supposed to have that spot locked down, had a really tough like really, really tough uh, uh, summer camp with the Blue Jays. He's going to be in the rotation. It's going to be a matter of does he get that third spot or the fourth spot in the rotation uh, with him and Trent Thornton. Um, Thornton, of course, had a great summer camp, pitched really, really well in Boston yesterday. Uh, he's likely to get the three or four spot in that rotation. Roark is going to get the three or four spot. The fifth starter spot. This is this is where it gets interesting. Now, I expected after the summer camp that he had that Ryan Barucki would be that fifth starter. He's on the taxi squad next up because, and the only reason I chose Ryan Barucki for that fifth spot was Nate Pearson had service time to deal with. And the Blue Jays were going to start with Barucki, see who pitched well, uh, and then and possibly move Ryan to the bullpen uh, after, after the service time issue was sorted out and Pearson could be with the big club. Um, so Pearson's not that fifth starter. Jacob Waggispack could be the fifth starter. I was not impressed with uh, with Waggispack in summer camp. Didn't seem like he was doing too great. And of course, the inter squad game got lit up by uh, by Team Bo Bichette. Of course, hit a home run on the first pitch of that game. Then there was a grand slam hit, and Waggispack didn't look too sharp in that game. And uh, I think I guess that's who they're going to go with for the fifth starter. That's my guess. But two other guys that could be getting that fifth spot. Our three other guys, really, are Thomas Hatch, Anthony Kay, and Shun Yamaguchi. Now, let's start with Hatch. Hatch last season came over in the trade with the Cubs for David Phelps. A guy that many looked at as a, a, a pitcher with potential, but he couldn't figure it out at all. 
he figured it out with the Blue Jays. Um, he used that change up a little bit more than it was his best pitch. He was a little uh, fearful of using it. But he started to, to ramp up that changeup usage and was really, really good in the minor leagues last season, making it um, making it to the big leagues here. But uh, uh, in this 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 campaign, which is a little surprising to me, Hatch is a good starter, and I believe he was a starter. I'm going to check, so I don't I don't I'm not wrong on that. But Thomas Hatch is a guy who could pitch in that fifth spot for the uh, for the Blue Jays. More than likely, we'll see him in the bullpen. But uh, we could also see him in uh, in the starting rotation. Last year in the Blue Jays system, he did not make an appearance out of the bullpen at all. Um, and he posted a 280 ERA when he got to New Hampshire in six starts. Uh, he, 35 innings, uh, only 25 hits allowed. He struck out 34. Hatch is a guy that we could watch uh, pitch some big innings from the... Uh, uh, in the rotation if he if he does blossom into this great start, and the Blue Jays hope he will be, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in that fifth spot. Of course, the, the rotation will be unveiled uh, in a little bit, I'm sure. But as of right now, we don't know what it's going to be, and it's just speculation. Um, so Thomas Hatch is a guy who could be that fifth starter. Another guy is Anthony Kay. So, uh, so Anthony Kay is a lefty that the Blue Jays acquired in the Marcus Stroman trade last season. He pitched. Um, he pitched in, in in September or in October. Sorry, in August and September for the Blue Jays last year. Uh, so the 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 team uh, the team loves how Anthony Kay pitches to righties. Obviously, lefty righty um, lefty righty matchups. Obviously, something that aren't going to be as prominent this year because of the three batter minimum. You won't have lefty specialists. But Anthony Kay is a guy who works really well against right-handed pitchers. You hear Pete Walker and Charlie Montoyo talk about how impressed they are with Anthony Kay's pitching to righties. Doesn't really provide them with much of an advantage. But uh, but but Kay could be a guy that gets that uh, that gets that start um, uh, in that fifth spot. So we'll see what happens there. Um, the Blue Jays have approval of the Orioles. Sorry, I'm, I'm just reading this now uh, to to use Camden Yards for their home games, but they need the Maryland to sign off on that. Anyway, uh, fifth starter. The other option, Jacob Wagaspack. Um, you know, I don't, I don't love Wagaspack. I talked about it earlier, and then Shun Yamaguchi, who struggled in uh, in spring training but pitched well against the Red Sox, and I believe it was just one inning of work yesterday because of the rain. Yamaguchi, I believe, was informed that he was going to pitch out of the bullpen uh, mostly this year, um, pitching big innings out of the bullpen, like three or four uh, bulk innings out of the out of the pen. Um, so I, I expect that role won't change too much, but he's a guy that can start if need be. Uh, but I doubt Yamaguchi gets that fifth spot. My pick for fifth starter, Anthony Kay. Um, and here's what I think the Jays should do with that. K pitches the the Sunday game against the Rays, uh, get or sorry the, the the fifth game against the Nationals in Washington. He pitches that game for the Jays, and then you move him to the bullpen, unless somebody colossally messes up in their start. Nate Pearson will take that fifth spot in the rotation. Uh, where Kay can uh, Kay can move to the bullpen and be a very effective reliever, I think, or maybe a spot starter for the Blue Jays if if they need that. Uh, I think that Kay is a guy who has great potential in the rotation. I personally would have liked to see Ryan Barucki in that fifth spot. Obviously, that's not going to happen. He's on the taxi squad. 
Um, but Anthony Kay is my pick for that fifth starter. Kay gets that start, and then Nate Pearson will take that from him in the next opportunity because he only has to stay uh, with or on the taxi squad for uh, seven or eight days, I believe. So Anthony Kay is my my best bet for that fifth uh, fifth rotation spot to start the season. Uh, bullpen. Anthony Bass, as expected, on the roster. Good, solid reliever. A.J. Cole is also there. Rafael Dolis. So, Rafael Dolis pitched in Japan, I believe. Possibly Korea. I can't remember which uh, which it is. But uh, in, one, in either the KBO or the NPB, for the past four seasons, Dolis came in to pitch against the Red Sox on Tuesday. And man, oh man, was I impressed with what I saw from Rafael Dolis. He had movement on his pitches. He had a good fastball. Everything seemed to be working for him, and uh, he could be an effective arm for the Blue Jays in the bullpen this year. And if the Jays aren't selling at the deadline and they want to keep Dolis, I won't object. I think Dolis could be a great arm for them when they compete, pitching high leverage innings out of the bullpen. I think he's a setup guy, potentially. So uh, I love the acquisition of Dolis. He pitched really well in Boston. Sam Gavilio also in the bullpen. Uh, Please don't let this guy start. Um, Gavilio... He could he he's he's another guy that can pitch bulk innings probably a middle reliever down the stretch but uh, Gavilio makes the team Ken Giles of course the Blue Jays closer uh, he he's not going to switch up from that role at all Thomas Hatch likely to be in the bullpen Brian Moran a lefty specialist usually obviously can't do that this year because of the new three batter minimum uh, Jordan Romano the, the 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 fastball that I saw in summer camp from Romano was was really impressive and I think that he is going to make an impact for the Blue Jays pitching high leverage situations this season. Um, and then Shun Yamaguchi, of course, likely to be in the bullpen as well. Uh, Caleb Joseph, also in the tax squad, didn't really talk about him too much. He's likely to be the backup to the backup catcher this season. Well, we thank you all very much for joining this episode of 211's Baseball Talk. We're excited for baseball to be back. It all starts tonight. Make sure you tune in, and we'll see you next Thursday.